Hello, everybody. I am so, so excited for this episode. This is Brayden's first one, his first solo, and I knew that Taj was the perfect person for him to do his first episode with because they kind of have the similar story, same interests, and I just, I love this episode, guys. I love it so much, and Taj's story is so inspiring how he turned his life around and honestly he is the perfect example of like if he can do it you can do it it's never too late um and yeah I mean I know for a fact that Brayden left this conversation inspired um just the way he was talking and like I could see him like being motivated when he came downstairs and he was just so happy and and Oh my god, it was so cute. I'm like, oh my god. Okay, so I just, without me rambling on, just enjoy this episode. And if you take anything from this, please just go and do the thing you're thinking about doing. Just do it. Just jump at it. Just start it, please. Let me know what you guys think. Yeah, so give us a little background about you, man. Give us a little, um, about your entrepreneurial journey, like your journey. Um, Yeah, sure. So... You know, as you know, I started off with cars first. So my love with cars uh, dates back to a very, very young age. Um, you know, I have a lot of memories with cars dating back to probably when I was like five years old. Um, like my, probably one of my first memories, like in an experience with a car. I remember <clears throat> I was in kindergarten. My dad had just bought this Jaguar XJ6, right? So I'm like playing in it in the driveway and I live on a hill. But I remember I was like playing with it, making car noises, like pretending it was stick, but it was automatic. Yeah, uh, I've been there. Cars, yeah, right. You know, <laughs> cars back in the day, um, like they didn't have all the safety features they do now. So I remember I like went to shift it, and it went from park to like reverse or neutral, or whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> started rolling down the hill. But I remember I'm five years old, so I can't see over the steering wheel, I can't touch the pedals, anything like that. So car starts rolling back slowly, like I'm panicking. Luckily, his wheels turned to the left a little bit, so. Instead of, like, going to my neighbor's house across the street, kind of just, like, rolled down the street a little bit. <laughs> but, <laughs> I was going super slow, so I was able to, like, hop out, run inside, and pretty much, like, scream, like, yo, dad's car is running down the street. And pretty much, like, just lock myself in the room. You know, and yeah. so I don't eat. Um, <laughs> That's but, yeah, hilarious. Had, the cars a lot growing up. Um, he had a few dope cars. Uh, one of my favorite ones he probably had, it was, like, this Porsche 944 Turbo. So I think it was, like, a 1986, but it had, like, the uh, the 2.5 Turbo motor in it. So we would like detail that every weekend. He like teach me essentials, like changing the oil, spark plugs, you know, how to change yeah. the tire, that. Um, tell me how to drive stick when I was like 11, 12. Um, but what I'm getting to, like I vividly remember this one eight, this one night, I was super young, it's probably like nine in fourth grade. And my mom called me like, hey, your dad's gonna come pick you up. Like I was over at my friend's house. So she comes and picks me up. She's like, your dad has a surprise for you. I can't tell you what it is. So I'm mad excited. Like, yo, is it a puppy? Like did I get a new cell phone? Like what is it, right? Like being nine years old, you're obviously, you know, anticipating the most. Um, when we pull up to my house, and there's this brand new yellow Lamborghini Gallardo sitting in my driveway, right? So my dad's standing in his driveway with his friend Jason, this dude Gulam, whose Lambo was. Like, Gulam was like my dad's client or whatever. But, like, he bought this Lambo, and my dad told him to, you know, bring it through because obviously I would be the most hype on it. So <clears throat> my jaw is, like, dropping on the floor. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. It's like a spaceship in my driveway looking crazy, right? So my dad tells him to take it for a spin. So we're in it. Like, he rips it. It's, like, the craziest thing I've ever been in. It's literally like a spaceship, like, six-speed manual. had the V10 motor or whatever. Um, I remember him saying, like, so your dad tells me, like, you love supercars. And I'm like, yeah, like, this is amazing. 
And he was like, look, kid, you're super young, so you have a lot of time, right? So just work hard and have dreams so big that they seem unrealistic and out of reach for most people. And, like, that kind of just stuck with me since I was, you know, at a very young age. That's kind of what sparked the fire me at such a young age. Um, but how I got into flipping cars, uh, so it was a public auction, like, 20 minutes from my parents' house. Like, you know the Lehigh Valley Auto Auction? Yeah, yeah. On MacArthur Road or whatever? Yeah. So <clears throat> I went to LCTI for automotive technology, so I was, like, learning how to work on cars half the day in high school. It's probably one of the dopest things I've done, like, could have done while I was in high school, you know? Um, I went to LCTI, too. What year did you graduate? Uh, I graduated 2015. Oh, okay, cool. Okay, yeah. So I was, I was there too. I was doing the uh, electromechanical. Okay, uh, word. Like the next wing. Right, right. What yeah. year did you graduate? Fifteen. Fifteen. All right. Yeah. Word. We never crossed paths. Maybe we did, but yeah, uh, we yeah. I was doing a lot of co-op too. Like eleventh and twelfth grade, I wasn't there, so it's like. Oh, word. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah. Word. yeah. So. Yeah. So there was an auction by my house. So one day I was like fifteen, sixteen. I'm on the bus to tech. And the thought popped in my head, like, I could start buying cars from the auction, fix them up, make them look pretty and sell them for a profit, right? Yeah. So I'd have my dad drop me off at the auction before it started just to pretty much, like, learn how the auction worked. Um, you know, like, how much certain cars went for, what cars were hot, what color people would buy. And it's pretty much to take mental notes and then go home and compare those prices, like, that they got them for and what they were selling for a lot. So I would compare it to, like, cars.com, Craigslist, and shit like that. Like, I don't think Facebook Marketplace was a thing yet. No, uh, yeah, I remember that, dude. I used to be sitting on Craigslist every day, like just right. rolling, just learning the market. You know, yeah, man, it's so hilarious. I got, a pretty, I got a pretty good idea of like what was hot after like four auctions, like Nissans, Hondas, Acuras, BMWs, and then like you know black, white, silver, red, like the most popular cars, pretty much. Um, so I said, all right, cool. So I just got to buy one. So I had a job at Panera Bread. I was making like minimum wage. But I sold mad weed at the time, right? So <laughs> I probably had like, like twenty five hundred, three grand saved up in a shoebox, like typical story. Yeah. Uh, but I remember the one day, like I started putting the bug in my dad's ear, like, cause I didn't have my license yet. You feel me? Um, so I was pretty much just like, hey, like, let's start going to the auction. I could, I could start buying cars and you know make them look good and resell them. I want you to come with me to the next auction. And he was like, all right. So we get there. I think it was a Wednesday auction, and um, I'm like, look, I have a thousand dollars. Let's go have on the car so I can get started. He was like, yeah, all right, we could do that. So we bought a 2001 Nissan Maxima. I think we paid like 1800 for it. I took it home, detailed it, made it look nice, put it on Craigslist. Um, and, you know, when you buy from the public, you got to wait like two weeks for the title to come from the yep. DMs and things like that. So I think right after the title came, uh, I found a buyer for like the week after that. We sold it for 3800 So I said, bet, like, wow. honestly, you know, I just made two Gs. Like, that was dope. Yeah, but, exactly. You know, being a dickhead 16-year-old, like, I was like, you know, that was cool, but it took almost a month, so I'm going to buy more weed because it sells faster. Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> so pretty much fast forward, like, two years, like, I'm still selling weed, partying, you know, being a typical 18-year-old. Um, and then February 11, 2016, something happened to me that would pretty much change my life forever, right? So I got robbed for a pound of weed and, like, almost lost my yeah. life, like, $3,000. Wow. So, like, like, they beat the shit out of me, bro. It was, like, four or five people. Uh, I was pretty much alone, so... I got jumped, like I got stabbed. It was super dramatic. Damn. Um, but yeah, like I have, a, I have a scar on my abdomen. Like it pretty much reminds me every single day, bro. Like I have like a scar. It was like fifty-two staples. I was holding me together at one point. Um, that was pretty much like the turning point in my life. Where I was like, all right, I'm never gonna do some dumb illegal shit like that again. Like yeah. I disappointed my parents. I'm in the newspaper. Like it was just super shitty feeling, you know. So I started just pretty much just taking all that energy I had. Um, you know, like just being in the wrong mindset, start putting in the positive things, you know. So after I healed awesome. up, yeah, yeah. So I started working at Rothrock as a technician, um, like the Chrysler, Nissan, or, yeah, yeah. or whatever. 
because remember about the LCTI. So I have like my auto te- my auto tech certification. I have my inspection and emissions license. Yeah. So I get that job. I make like fourteen fifteen an hour flat rate, um, and pretty much like from there, I'm still plotting like like I have a, I have a lift to work on cars now, and then there's a bunch of trade-ins that you know I could just pretty pretty much buy for a low price because they're all shit. They're gonna go to wholesale yeah. anyway. Um, so I remember I bought, uh, I think it was a 2004 Honda Civic, uh, SI EP3, like the ones look like a bug, kind of like a yeah. GTA. So I bought one of those for a thousand dollars, like after taxes and everything. Um, and it had super low miles, it had like 97,000 miles on it, but it had a check engine light on it and it wouldn't go past like 2000 RPM. So I pretty much just went to the junkyard, here as you pull it. And there was a Honda Accord in there, the same K24 motor. Mm-hmm. So I was pretty much just pulling like all the sensors I could off of it. I probably spent like 30 bucks on sensors. I swapped them all out and then it pretty much came back to new. Right. So nice. I, sold it. I sold that two or three weeks later because I was fixing it while I was waiting for the title. So time was you know pretty on point. So I sold that to my dad's friend for like four grand, I think two weeks later. So I made, yeah. I made like a little over three grand on that. So that really got me going with flipping cars. Um, so, you know, I, I got my first car, not my first car, but the, the car that I wanted since high school, like my Honda Civic SI. Yeah. Um, I was still with my parents, so I don't really have bills. So I, I was chilling for the most part. But like, this is pretty much where I go into the next chapter. So like, this is where I start becoming like a massive action taker, right? So I still knew I wanted more for myself. So I started applying for a like, corporate job in Philly. And I got hired at this one company called FRG. Um, like the first thing it said on the requirements was bachelor's degree required, right? But I said, fuck it, like, I could sell. So I applied anyway. The first interview was like a phone interview. Then we did like a Skype interview. Then they brought me in like two or three times, like, you know, to do an actual interview. I had to do presentation and shit. But um, most of the story, they gave me the job, right? So they offered me 40000 salary plus commission. And I'm super excited because I'm like 20 years old. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I just got like a corporate job. But like, I feel like I'm about to be on some Wolf of Wall Street shit, right? Also, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, fast forward, that's pretty much when I realized like making 40 grand a year wasn't really going to do it for me. So I met my one boy, Sam. We sat right next to each other at his company. And um, like we got pretty close. He would cut on my house after work. And, you know, we would like smoke, chill. And we would like talk about bag time. Like we would have this, like this meetup and we called it bag time because we would do it so often. So we're pretty much like just start talking shit. Like, yo, bro, like we can start our own business. Like fuck this place, you know, like, we can start making some real money, right? So the thought popped off in my head. Like I could just start flipping cars again, right? Mm-hmm. So I do so, but as a regular person, I think you can only buy like seven, you can title seven cars a year in PA or something like that. Yeah. So I ran out of my seven cars like the first two months I started flipping. So I expressed that bump in the road to my boy, Sam. And one Saturday he called me and he was like, yo, I just met this guy that said he could hook you up with a dealer plate and get us into dealer auctions like Mannheim and Odessa. You can sell as many cars as you want in a year. So I was like, yeah, that's something enough. I'll definitely want to meet him. Right. So he was like, how soon can you come to Southwest? So I've never been to Southwest at a time, but then I get there and it's like, like I look it up. I'm like, all right, it's 30 minutes away. I'll get there in 30 minutes. He's like, all right, cool. I'll wait for you. So I fly over there and this is like the hood, right? Like super grungy, super sketchy. And we walk in this notary called, um, it was like Genesis Auto Tag or some shit. And there's this dude, Sip. He's like this little dude, but he's like, I'm like, is this the guy I'm meeting? He's like, yeah, yeah. Just all right, come to the back. We go to the back. He sits us down. He's like, all right, man. So, he said you wanted access to the auction and you wanted the dealer plate. So this is what I could do for you guys. Pretty much for everything, I'll do three thousand dollars. You'll get a dealer plate, you get an auction access pass, and you'll pretty much run your business through mine and give me a hundred dollars for every car you buy. So I was like, all right, perfect, right? So that, that's way better predicament than I'm in right now. Yeah. So 
I don't really know him, so we leave, we talk about it, think about it, look up this dude and whatnot, you know, and we go back a couple days later. So what we what we did at first was we both got our auction access license and then we shared one dealer plate. So I think we paid like it was pretty much like fifteen hundred each to get that hooked up with. Um, That's not so bad. We get that everything's cool. Like I'm plugged in now. Um, I start going to the auction. I'm and I'm selling cars hand over fist, right? Like I'm selling like five, ten, fifteen cars a month and working a hundred percent on my own. Yeah. So it got to the point where like I had to quit my job because like I was making way more, you know, I was flipping cars than I was, you know, on my salary. So it just it just made no sense for me anymore. Yeah. Um, so I mean. You know, I started, I went to Costa Rica with my girl for like three weeks. I put a bunch of my friends on. So like when I was there, they were like doing that. I came back and went to like Grant Cardone's uh, 10X conference. I was gone for like four weeks total probably. Oh, yeah. But like, everything was cool, you know. So <clears throat> the initial dude, Sip, that like put me on the dealer auction life that initially, uh, initially hooked me up. He asked me if I wanted to start a business in Florida with him. Right. Like, he already found a lot. I would just need to invest four grand to get started. And he would, would essentially like hire a couple of salespeople get linked up with the bank um, and pretty much he would give me like 15, 20% every month. I wouldn't have to be in Florida too much. I could still run my business in Philly. So I was like, all right, yeah, that sounds perfect. Like, I love residual income, you know? Mm-hmm. So we opened up a dealership in Tampa, Florida and like about like a month and a half in, like he started acting super shady, like very sketchy. You know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't getting my money when he said he was sending it. Like, gotcha. like I wasn't getting my titles for customers to sell them their titles. Like, it was just a whole mess. You know, like my phone was constantly ringing, super stressful. So I pretty much just said, fuck this. I cut ties with him. Um, I came back to PA. I still had like four or five cars left. So I just said, he's pretty much all I know. You know what I'm saying? Like he taught me the whole, you know, being a dealer rope. So I'm like, all right, what he taught me was like pretty sketchy. So like the easiest way for me to learn how to do this the right way is just to go work for a dealership. Right. Mm -hmm. So I came back, I sold those cars and I pretty much just said like, I'm just going to stash this because I know some dude that like hooked me up with a, with a dealer license in Jersey. It was like Phillipsburg, New Jersey, but it's a lot closer to home. I was, you know, starting my own business pretty much. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so I came back. My initial plan was to, you know, start up the dealership after like six months with a couple of my buddies. Um, but in the midst of that, I stumbled across real estate. That would soon be my, my, you know, my second love. So I'll pretty much just be working at this dealership and, you know, looking into real estate, start going to meetup events. And then, you know, that's, that's pretty much it for like how I got started in the cars. I mean, the next part would yeah. be the yeah. yeah, definitely. I'm definitely interested to hear about that because I'm, I'm in the same boat with cars. Like I buy and sell cars, uh, mostly Subarus. Um, right. Just because I know them like hand over fist now. It's just super, right. super quick for me. Like you said, like you get those cars in um, that, you know, like you said, you change those sensors out and they're in and out stuff. Exactly. Um, yeah, and I, now I just focus on like buying like blown motor Subarus, put motors in them, and sell them, or, or doing like timing head gasket jobs, stuff like that for customers. That's and, That's smart. Um, so it's just like doing quick stuff like that. And my thing now is that I want to jump into the housing stuff. I want to start buying up properties and stuff. So I'm I'm very eager to learn from you how you yeah. got started. And uh, if you want to start talking about that, that'd be awesome. Yeah, bro. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um. Yeah, so pretty much venture speed. So we don't we don't actually buy the property, right? So what we do is called wholesaling, all right? Okay. So venture speed is my real estate company. That's a company I started with my boy Gabe and Emmanuel last summer. Uh, so pretty much get started. We're initially going to start doing Airbnbs, but then you know I got like a job. So wholesaling is pretty much the easiest thing to do. So what wholesaling is is pretty you're you're pretty much just a matchmaker, right? Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is like you'll drive around, look for a beat of house, or you can get a list of houses. Like I know how to make lists now to like get distressed houses. 
So you look for like distressed, vacant, probates. So like somebody left it behind, you know, after somebody passed and like now like a, a sibling or whatever is dealing with this property, gaining taxes, they don't want to deal with it, right? So you pretty much, you know, you get all these numbers, you'd send it to a website called Batch Skip Tracing. You reach out to all those addresses. We'll set up like a marketing campaign to send texts or you'll call, say something along the lines of like, hey, my name is Taj. I'm a local investor in your area. I was reaching out to see if you'd be interested in selling your house, right? So obviously you can get a lot of fuck yous. How'd you get my number? It's not for sale. Don't ever call me again. Like I'm going to put you Sure. <laughs> but you know, sales. <laughs> right. But when you do come across somebody that wants to sell, you pretty much just do your research. You find the condition, you know, you get them on a consultation call, like why they want to sell. And you pretty much just build rapport on the first phone call. Um, and then you go ahead and put an offer together and get it under contract. Right. So pretty much when you're putting an offer together, so say the ARV of a house is 300000 which is the after repair, after repair value, right? Assuming the house is in perfect condition after they repair it and everything's completed. So say it needs a full rehab for sixty grand. What we would do is, like the rule of thumb for an investor in most of PA, they'll buy a property for 70% of ARV, which, which again means after repair value. So you do 70% of 300000 now you're at 210000 Then you subtract, uh, subtract the repairs, which was 60000 as I said. Now you're at like 150000 Say you want to make $25,000 on an assignment fee. So you would subtract that. And then your offer is 125,000. So now remember if they don't, you know, if they're like, no, I can't go that low, then you just bid up. But you know, pretty much anywhere where you're going from 125 to 150, that's where, that's what you're going to make in the middle. Right. Mm -hmm. So say they, they'll do it for 135, then you make 15,000 instead of 25,000. Um, from there, you pretty much just market to an investor. You find someone that wants to buy it and then you sell them the contract. Cause like on the contract, gotcha. You have to word it correctly, like, you know, we're, we're allowed to market this property. We can sell it to another buyer if it doesn't fit our portfolio. And we, we have 30 days to decide this, right? Mm -hmm. So in that 30 days, you just have to find a buyer. You have 14 days of inspection period. So the buyer will go out. They can check it out with their team. And then at the closing table, you all go. So it's you, it's the seller, it's the buyer, the title clerk and everything. And, um, you know, pretty much everybody walks away happy. So that yeah. person's not in that situation anymore. You walk away with 25000 or 15000 or whatever. And then the investor found a flip and, you know, got out or got that person out of the situation. Pretty much everyone wins, you know? Yeah. Uh, now, obviously, the goal is to do like fix and flips and buy rental properties. But if you like just want to get involved in real estate, wholesaling is a way to build a lot of capital really fast. And really like the only thing you got to do, you got to spend money on marketing, obviously, like to get the lists and market the lists. And then it's going to take a lot of time to call. So I hire a lot of VAs, which is like a virtual assistant. Yeah. And they'll run through your call list for you and, you know, send out an RVM, which is a ringless voicemail, which is go to their phone. But um, yeah, pretty much once you have that set up, um, that's definitely the quickest way to like gain capital. So like instead of like, you know, coming out of pocket for 60 grand and then putting 30 grand in repairs into it just to make 20% on return, yeah. you could literally just spend the money on marketing. So you buy a list for like 6,000 properties for like a thousand dollars. Right. Mm -hmm. And you make, get two deals out of that and make 10 grand on each property. Then I just made 20 grand off of a thousand dollar investment. Makes sense. Yeah. For me, it makes a lot yeah. of sense. It's way less headache. Um, you know, like less capital like, out. Yeah. Yeah, man. You're selling clip cars fast. You like get to the auction, grab them, you know, um, and you can basically ready. start that out of nowhere. Yeah, bro. Yeah. yeah. You definitely got to do like a lot of, a lot of learning. Like a couple of my mentors, like Jay Monopoly, uh, Levi builds wealth. My one boy, James does in Philly, but I pretty much learned like a lot. You know, just from people that do it already. Um, yeah. well, it's like a real estate event in New York, and we met Jay Monopoly and Levi, and my boy Gabe, like my business partner, he built like super uh, good rapport with them. So they were they were like staying in New York at the time. They were from San Diego, but they pretty much invited us out. 
fucking training course. We spent $2,000 for this training course, but then they showed us everything that they do in their business. So like what systems they use, what the processes are, like what tools to use, what areas to look for, how to find houses to flip. So that was definitely a good investment. So it's awesome, dude. Yeah. That's what we're that's amazing. Uh, so how, like, so for venture speed, are you guys, uh, are you running through a lot of properties now? How's that going? Yes, yeah, so we have a lot of houses under contract right now, but like coronavirus really hit like at a, at a super bad time. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah definitely. So right I'm now, sitting on some cars right now. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So right now, bro, we're pretty much just like we have like vacant lots under contract. We have uh, vacant properties under contract. So like it's it's ready to be sold, bro. But it's just like nobody knows where the market's gonna go. So like everybody's just super sketched out at this this time right now. Yeah. Uh, like the good thing about wholesaling, you could get like one deal closed and you could chill for a little bit. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's a lot of capital one time. But it's um, a nice thing about working for yourself. You kind of can just do your thing and like yeah, stash yeah. some money and just chill. You know? Um, yeah. So like, how when you're looking for these properties and stuff, um, I know you're just trying to be that matchmaker. Um, but is there any properties that like you'd rather have like, like townhouses or just like complexes rather than single family or, you know, what, what really piques your interest? It really doesn't matter about property. Well, one thing you want, like a distressed property. So like if we, if we hit somebody up and like, Hey, we're trying to sell your house. They hit you back right away. Like, yeah, this is what I'm selling it for. Like it's fully redone. We don't want that property. We can't do anything. Right. Like we're not going to make off it. Yeah. So we want to find people that like have fucked up cribs. Like there's one we're about to put under contract on Monday. It's like somebody started putting a roof in for them, and then they left. So the roof is still there. It has water damage. So that's the type of properties we look for. Like, yeah, too fucked up that an investor could come in and make some money off of, and they can just get out the situation. Um, but like where you look for them, you definitely just look in like hot markets. Like Philly's a hot market in Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh's a hot market in uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, North Carolina's hot. Um, parts like Orlando, parts of Florida. But you, you pretty much you could just find a hot market anywhere. You can just do market research. Um, we're actually coming out with a course like how you can do market research where you buy lists and you can essentially do everything virtually. Like I send my, my contract to sales through email, they sign it, send it back. Now it's our house. Um, but you definitely just want to know your market just so like once you get it, once you get a house under a contract, you just send it out to your list of cash buyers and you know, you're going to move it where I was like getting it. And then you're looking for a cash buyer. So like definitely yeah. start building for people in the area. Um, but as far as like what house you look for, like if you're like driving for dollars, which is free marketing, you look for houses that have like super long grass, that have like boarded up windows or like a broken window. Like just looks like nobody lives there, takes care of it, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, nine times out of 10, like they're probably in some, some type of situation, whether they're like elderly and gonna be looking to sell their house soon or whatever the case may be. But you definitely don't want brand new houses. You don't want houses that like an investor already went through unless yeah. you have like, you know, buyers in that area. Um, like this one, is one portfolio working on right now. My, my partner Gabe stumbled across it. So this is dude that has 19 buildings. They're all multifamily. So he has 19 buildings and a total of 89 units. And he's asking 5.1 million for the entire portfolio. Mm-hmm. So what we're trying to do, there's going to be a bunch of JV deals. The JV deals of joint venture. Mm-hmm. So like we got that. I asked my boy James. James mentor knows people. So it's like it stumbles along the, along the way, right? So we're getting like an, an NDA sign on that. The only thing we're trying to figure out right now is like the dude that's selling it to us is trying to like just give us like 1% or 2%. It's like of like five million, that's like a hundred thousand or a hundred fifty or two hundred thousand or whatever. But and on such a on such a big assignment between all of us, you know what I'm saying? We're trying to just, you know, pretty much get it for like say we get it for like four point five and then we market it for five, then we eat everything in the in the in the middle. But he's he's pretty much just trying to like give us a percentage for a finder's fee 
And then anything that we make over what he's asking, he's trying to split that too, which is like he's pretty much just trying to young boy right now. Agreed. Uh, like going back with attorney right now, trying to get that figured out. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have any uh, advice for people that are just getting in the business? How do you think they should start? Yeah. Um, definitely look up wholesaling. So a couple of people that put me on wholesaling was like Max Maxwell. Um, on Instagram, you got like Jay Monopoly. He's the goat. That's who, that's who trained us. Um, there's a, there's a bunch of people, but me and my, me and my partner Gabe, we're actually putting the course together. So we'll pretty much answer any type of question that you have. We can help you, you know, get your first list. If you ever have a question, you can let us know. We'll pretty much we'll walk you through your first deal. So. Sweet. That's, that's awesome. That'd I'll definitely good. say like, just learn your market, learn, learn about what you're doing and uh, pretty much just go for there. Definitely take action. If you don't take action, you're not going to get any results. You know? Yeah. You can't find the deals playing Warzone, you know? Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, so you're talking about software before, uh, is there, is there some sort of software you want to share or you want to leave that to your course or? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I can share some. So definitely Podio, um, Podio is our CRM. So we pretty much had this dude from Bangladesh build it. Um, so how it works is like, so if we send out a marketing campaign, we use raw, raw messaging system. So we'll send out messages. It'll have like the address, the first name, and it'll pretty much just like, you know, put the paragraphs together for you, send it out for the 6,000 properties, whatever. So if they like shoot a text back or call back to our call rail number, it'll run through Podio. So we'll get a thing like, hey, new seller lead, new seller lead, new seller lead. We'll pretty much just call them. And then you can, I can, I can show you another time. I can like screen share and like show you how I run through it. Okay. But, cool. um, like we'll pretty much just click on the address. The address will pop up. You can hit get Zillow comps. It'll show you like bedrooms, bathrooms. And then you could like, it'll pretty much just do everything for you. It'll, you could put in like how much you want to make. And it'll tell you the max allowable offer. And you can just do all that while you're on the phone with them. It's super wow. complex. Like it took me like three weeks to learn it. So, you know, if, if you ever have a question or, you know, how you can set up, I'll up my dude and, you know, screen share with you. Definitely. I'll, I'll definitely be interested in that. Yeah. Uh, so let's, let's move on to uh, more of like your, uh, your morals on, uh, on business and stuff like that. So like, like what's your, your number one business rule? So my number one business rule, definitely be honest, um, be transparent, be savvy, um, make sure you're adding as much value to the person that you're doing business with as possible. Um, like if you wouldn't do it to your friend or family member, don't do it to someone that's potentially putting money in your pocket. I would yeah. just, the easiest way to go about business is everybody knows what's going on. Everything's on the table. You're transparent or, you know what I'm saying? You never want to be in like a shady predicament where you don't know what's going on or they don't know what's going on. Like you always got to have that communication for doing business with someone. I like that a lot. That means a lot. Cause they're, you know, brand is just everything. It's just yeah, like, man. word spreads so quick and it's, it's amazing. Honestly, you do one good thing and it might like your good things may not be as, um, as vocal as your bad things. Exactly. So it's like growing yeah. that, you know, business grown over time, brand built over years could just be destroyed yep. over something so stupid. It's like if people remember people remember the, the ten bad things you did before they yep. remember the you know twenty good things you did. You know exactly. Yeah, exactly. So um the right so, way. Yeah. So is this uh is this your like dream job then? Is your your career? Is this what you want to be doing for the rest of your life? Yeah, so I overall just want to be like, you know, an investor. Um you know, full-blown entrepreneur. So I'm trying to be like an automotive broker. So like once I like start the dealership and really like learn how to do like all aspects of the like financing, you know, all of that. Like that's why I love like that I work for a dealership because it's like super, 
like you're working on their money. You know what I'm saying? So like if yeah. somebody like to you and they're like, I only have twenty one hundred. If it was just me, I'll be like, all right, I could take that. But like they're like, nah, like that's coming out of your pay. You feel me? Yeah. So um, it definitely builds up the negotiation skills a little bit. Um, but I would definitely say like I'm trying to be an automotive broker, so like deal with high end cars. So like you know, customers that will, like say they want to go ask the Martin, like I could be a broker for that dealership. You know what I'm saying? Pretty much. Okay. Just, make ends meet up in the you know in the middle of that and then i definitely want to be an investor so i want to have like rental properties i want to do fix and flips um yeah definitely get in real estate it was yeah. a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah man i i see it all the time i just i, I want to have properties like even even during times like this like now i'm yeah. like i wish i had a little more saved up that i can just go out and buy a property now that the values are coming down and it's just like it's, it's, it's about to be our time though man like yeah the housing market is probably going to crash like I don't know which way it's going to go, but we're definitely heading into a recession. So it's yeah. going to be a better time to buy a house in the next six months to a year than it would have been like six months ago. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so talk a little bit about your dream life. You know, what do you, what do you see yourself? Like, do you, do you want the fancy cars or do you want just a nice house? Or, you know, what do you want? Um, I mean, yeah, I, overall, I just want to be in like total abundance. You know what I'm saying? Like, I definitely want the big house and the nice cars and shit, but overall, I just want to like, you know, be super happy. I want to have healthy, healthy relationships with those in my life. Um, overall, I just want to be like financially free, be able to travel whenever, wherever. Um, like pretty much just like live somewhere near a beach and an airport and like lease a different supercar every year. And I'm yeah, <laughs> there you go. That's awesome, man. Um, so do you, um, do you like manifest your goals? Like, you know, you want to yeah, talk yeah, a little bit about your goals? Um, I think I'm manifesting my way to where I am now. So, you know, I have a lot of huge things to accomplish. So I'm definitely going to continue to manifest my way there one step at a time, you know, like, yeah, I write my, my, all my goals down on a whiteboard and, you know, pretty much check them off when I complete it. I have to look at it every single day, which right next to my bed. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I try to like vibrate super high. So, you know, I, I just track the things that I want and not push them away, you know? Yeah. I hear you. Um, so how, like, how broad are your, are your goals? Are they one year goals? Are they 2020? Are they 2030? You know? So the ones that are on my whiteboard, the way I have it set up. So I have like broken down in like four, right? Okay. So one's real estate, one's cars. And then one is like, like personal goals, like how much money I want to make for this year. And then the other one's like fitness goals. Um, but if it's yeah. like, if it was like real estate or cars, like I'll put like at the top of what like my life term goal is pretty much. And then like gotcha. under that, I'll put down a bunch of short term goals to get to that big goal. Sweet. Um, so how do you, you know, with all these, uh, all these goals you have, uh, how do you, how do you balance your work and life? Um, I mean, I, I consider myself pretty balanced. I'm definitely a workaholic, but I, I give myself a lot of time to chill as well. Like for those that know me, you know, and I definitely know how to have a good time, but, um, so you definitely got to have work-life balance. Cause I mean, that shit could get overwhelming if, you know, all you're dealing with all day is numbers and like, you know, customers, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like high frequencies. <laughs> customers always got some shit to say. So you definitely yeah. got to turn your phone off sometimes and just chill and, you know, focus with your, on your family, your girl, whatever the case may be. Exactly. Um, is there certain things that you make time for every day? Um, yeah. I mean, every, I, I try to learn something new every day. Um, I try to work on my business every day. And then, as I said before, like I give myself a peace of mind. So like, I put my phone in airplane mode, maybe smoke some weed, meditate, listen to yeah. music, you know, whatever I'm feeling. But definitely got to give yourself time to chill and like let all the thoughts loose, you know? Yeah. So like what, like what's your, um, like, 
what's your room of inspiration? Like, do, do you have like a, a spot or a place that you go to or like, do you read? Like what inspires you the most? Um, yeah, I do read. Um, I'm like the most inspired like, right after I exercise pretty much. Okay. So, like, now that I've been on quarantine, I can't go to the gym every morning, but like, I try, yeah. like, you know, like I try to run like, you know, two to four miles, like before I get started with my day, just cause like, you know, blood's pumping, my brain's, you know, working the way it should. So I like going to run, come back. And then my girl has me doing this like 21 day abundance challenge right now. So that helps okay. a lot. So like, it's pretty much like, you know, like these little tasks and then the meditation. So I like, you know, going to run, come back, put my headphones in, turn all the lights off in my room, like turn like a essential oil diffuser on and like just zone out for like 30 minutes. And then I come back and like, I'm ready to just, you know, get to work. That's awesome. I like get on Zoom with my boy Gabe and you know, pretty much just on podium all day. Wow. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, Anything you recommend for like somebody that's like, I know a lot of people are like super anxious about starting and investing and stuff like that. You know, it's, it's not a subject to be taken lightly. Like I know a lot of people don't, um, they're like, Oh, I don't want to lose money. And it's like for, right. for you and me, it's probably just like 500 bucks lost. That's nothing. Like who cares? Like move on, you know, it's like, it's nothing, but some people are just so afraid of jumping into it. And, mm-hmm. you know, you know, what do you say to those people? I mean, the, the only advice I can give is, um, like, don't put too much pressure on your shoulders. Um, but, like, don't think you're not ready either. You know what I'm saying? So, don't, don't like, give, give us, like, don't get too much knowledge and not do anything with it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, like, learn something and then start just, like, making a plan of action. Like, just don't be scared to jump into it. You're going to, you're going to fall a couple times. Just get back up. You know what I'm saying? Like, every, when, when Gary Vee or whatever says, like, entrepreneurs got to learn how to eat shit and, you know, wipe the dirt yeah. off, like, really do. So, the clouds and the dirt. Yeah, you know, I remember jumping into it, and like the first couple cars that I bought, they were solid. And then I came across one car that I'm like shit and bricks driving home. And I'm like, yo, I have like twenty five hundred dollars in this shit, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've been there. Yeah, just come across like just you know invest wisely. Um, you know, have enough knowledge that you think you could take action because like that's where you're gonna learn. You're gonna learn the most when you're in the field doing it. You know, the, yeah. the people online can only teach you so much. But I've learned I've learned way more message like actually being in the field and you know taking my L's under the belt than you know anybody ever could on uh on Instagram or YouTube you know yeah I, I agree I hear you yeah. how about like early on like I know it's taking a step back here um, but like early on in your in your career of of entrepreneurship like when you were super young did you ever have to deal with like people that were like um, like I remember when I was younger and in my teenage years. Um, mm. I used to flip uh, four-wheelers and stuff like that too, like four-wheelers and dirt bikes. Okay. And I used to go out when I was like 13, 14, go to like the different power sports places and stuff. And, you know, my mom didn't know anything about that stuff. So I'd, you know, I'd load everything up, take it over there and get it serviced yeah. and stuff. And like the people there are like looking at me like, who the hell is this kid? You know, like, right. like what, you ever have any issues with like people looking at you when you were super young or, or anything like that and being, and like not understanding where you were at? at that moment but like you uh, it's, then it's knowing true. you know um, like when i would like flip cars and shit like i guess i don't know if i could grasp what you're saying like i wouldn't like go sell a car by myself like when i was like 15 16 yeah. just because you know they're like what the fuck are you doing like, like, I would exactly. always take it with me. um but i mean like for the most part i just didn't really care like you know i just try to be as well spoken and mature as i possibly can like you're not about like ask me how old i am you know so yeah. like, if I, like you know, if I just show you I'm mature, like, you know, I'm probably going to earn your business. Like, it's not, it's not about age. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know, I know exactly. like 50 year olds and six year olds that, 
like don't know what the fuck they're doing right now. You know yeah. And they're they're super miserable and just not happy. And they're they're wondering why they're in a place that's not so fun, you know. Yeah, man. And um, can't get caught up in that mindset. Yeah, that's all it is, man. It's just mindset. Yeah. It's just, you know, you got to think about where you want to be and put yourself there. And it seems like you're doing that. You're yeah, man. I try to definitely. You're making it, you know, and you're you're doing yeah. it for yourself. You're telling yourself where you want to be, and you end up there. And it's just yeah, where you gotta make sure it happen, man. Yeah, it's uh, that manifesting. It's it's amazing. It really does work. It's it's crazy. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, uh, when you were younger, uh, mm -hmm. did you ever like? What were your first like? Did you know you were an entrepreneur when you were younger, or did it kind of come to you later on that you had something for buying and selling? Uh, so I, I mean, I didn't really know like you know, I didn't really know what an entrepreneur was back then. But like looking back, at it, I was definitely an entrepreneur. Like my parents live on a golf course, right? So like probably my first business venture, I was probably like six or seven years old, and they would like knock like balls in my yard all the time. So I had this one my one friend Nick we pretty much collect all the all the balls like in a weekend like during the summer we'll wash all of them and then we'll like set up a little folding table on the golf course right and nice. I sell golf balls for like a dollar like wash them for 50 cents or whatever and like back then like I don't know what the fuck I wanted money for like I'm like five, yeah. seven years old but like I don't know I guess it's just like a you know like an entrepreneur bone I got in my body you know what I'm saying yeah I hear you that's awesome I guess I kind of like transformed with everything like from there, like selling weed. Like I, didn't, I don't know, I didn't like need to sell weed, but just like yo, I'm trying to make money. Like you know, yeah. So like you know, I just always know you needed money to get what you want, pretty much. So now does that like go with um, like for me? It's like I like making money, but it's like I think it's more like communication for me. Like I mm -hmm. just I love like I love being able to help people and yeah, to sure. like buy and sell things. And like, do you have um, like? Like back then, were you thinking more along the lines of like, oh, I like doing this because of communication or, you know, what was your, you know, besides uh, I mean, money? With the whole golf ball things, bro, I was probably just bored, man. It's probably like, yeah. like an eight stand or something, you know, like yeah. and nothing else to do. You can only play so much Midnight Club. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah. Yeah, I definitely like uh, I'm, I'm a big believer in like adding value to people's lives. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, definitely try to help people wherever you can. Because that, yeah. that'll come back to you. So I got a weird one for you. So, so thinking about uh, yourself, like, mm. like, what do you love about yourself? You know, if you were to explain that to somebody, what would you say? Um, probably my ability to connect with like every type of person. Um, I'm definitely not like the judgmental type. So I've had friends from like every different background growing up, you know? Yeah. Um, and like on top of that being like, just, you know, super open-minded and free spirited, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's yeah. awesome, man. Uh, yeah so if you know do you have anything else you want to say to to anyone anything you want to plug you want to give out your um you know a little thing about venture speed quick or uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. so definitely look out for venture speed um me and my boy gabe are working on a co uh, coaching course so it's going to entail like credit repair it's going to entail like, if you have an LLC, we'll show you how to you know get like two up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars and zero percent um, you know, loans to start your business and they'll, they'll pretty much come on credit cards. We'll show you how to get that. Um, you know, show you where you need, where your credit needs to be. And then we, we dive deep into wholesale and pretty much from start to finish, um, you know, anywhere from like finding your leads, finding your market, um, you know, getting the phone numbers for these leads, organizing your leads, you know, organizing your money, pretty much everything that we can, you know, help with. We're going to, we're going to do that. So we're going to be, we're going to be having a zoom call soon not sure when it is probably when we complete the course 
Um, so just look out for that. We're going to have a Zoom call pretty much everybody wants to get on it, pretty much explain everything and, um, you know, go from there. My Instagram is infamous under, underscore Taj. So I-N-F-A-M-O-U-S underscore T-A-H-J. And then from there in the bio, you can find my other business pages. Um, so Taz Auto Group is pretty much like my business page that's flourished a little bit. Venture Speed we just made last week. So not any content on there yet. But, you know, if you follow them, there will be content coming soon. All right, man. Awesome. All right. Well, that'll do it for this podcast. So sure, bro. Sounds good. Yeah, awesome. Uh, so we'll see you later. Yeah, sounds good, man. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love this episode so much. I'm so inspired and it's so motivating just listening to this. Um, but I really want to make a point here that my podcast is never going to be about like just for women. I want men to be comfortable enough to message me and be like hey I want to be on your podcast so don't think that just because like I'm a woman and it's kind of like a girly like cover photo cover art that I don't do episodes with men like just hit me up you can be on here I love talking about business I love talking about all that stuff like personal development anything like that so yeah hit me up like doesn't matter what you look like who you are like your girl is always down to talk so just trying to open my mind just trying to learn more and just trying to look at life from a different view so yeah hit me up and i really hope you guys enjoyed this episode brayden did such a good job i'm so proud of him as his first episode he's gonna do more um let me got let me know what you guys want to hear bye